0: I'm Melissa White and welcome to The Spirit Room Podcast. This is a show to help inspire you to live your life to the fullest, but really to learn about those that guide us, our unseen helpers, guides, angels, loved ones in spirit that walk beside us in this life. I'll share with you personal experiences from my life as a professional medium and mentor, I'll also offer you insight into working with the spirit world and introduce you to guests that I find fascinating and that might lead you on your own journey to further discover your own soul's gifts. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, it's me. I hope that you're doing well and that you're enjoying your day or evening wherever you are in the world. Today, I wanted to do a bit of a solo episode on mediumship basics because I do understand that a lot of people listening have an interest in spirit communication, definitely, but you may not be aware of some of the terms and, and what they mean. And so I recently did a little uh, mediumship basics, like the foundations class for the members of the Enchanted Soul uh, course that I'm offering right now. So I thought, hmm, I might just offer you a chance to hear some of these terms and to gain a greater understanding of what they mean with regards to mediumship. So I invite you to relax and enjoy, and I hope that it helps you. So first of all, when we're talking about mediumship, we're really describing this communication between this world, the physical world, and the next. And so the other world, the spirit world, non-physical. And really the medium acts as a bridge between those two worlds. And so this communication that takes place, there's different types of mediumship. The mediumship that I practice is evidential mediumship, which just means that before we start giving messages and before we start making the communication, we are basically having to bring forward details and evidence and basically prove that this is the person for you, you know, so it's not enough to say your grandma is with you and she's telling you she loves you so much and blah blah blah, all the rest of that message that could be very, very accurate and true, but there's no basis for it unless we describe the spirit person that we're aware of, unless we bring details that would have the sitter and the sitter is the person receiving the reading, unless the sitter. Knows. Oh, okay. Yes, that makes sense. So instead of saying your grandma's here and she loves you, it would sound more like I have your grandma here. She's coming through. She's making me aware that she would have grown up in Scotland. She's got on slippers that she used to knit for everyone and she used to wear them all the time. She would have passed from lung cancer. I feel that you were with her at the very end. You were sitting beside her. She brings you um, so much love. And there's a sense also that she would be reminding you of summertime visits that you would have had together and where you would have baked apple crisp. That would have been something that you did together and that you would remember, you would recall. And I feel that she would have been 82 or 83 at the time of her passing, this type of thing. So it's things that the sitter could say, yes, that's true. Yes, that's correct. And so I think that it's important that we establish that so people know we're not just saying whatever and then going into the message. We're basically building this profile, like getting pit bits and pieces of information and putting it together and offering that to you and so we're asking does that make sense does that resonate do you know who that is and so once that connection has been made once the the sitter knows yes that's my grandmother then then everything opens up then you can start going into maybe what would this spirit like to say what would they like to bring forward what have they seen recently of the sitter's life. And the sky's the limit. There's so much that can come through in the body of the reading. But the first part, the identification of the spirit person, is the most important in in that starting off process because it sets the tone and it gives the sitter confidence in the medium. And it also gives the medium confidence that yes, they're making this connection correctly. They're interpreting what they're receiving correctly. And so they can go forward to be able to offer messages. So that's basically the idea with evidential mediumship. So we're looking at things that can be verified and and that can be proven to be true. Now, having said that, it's a fine line because there are some things, for instance, that come through that... Even if you're an evidential medium, which, of course, that's my focus, that's what I am and that's what I offer, there's still things that sometimes come through that I recognize in the moment, oh God, this is not evidential. However, it comes through and I think, in my opinion, I owe it to the spirit person to offer it anyway, even if it isn't evidential, As as, as long as we've identified the spirit person and there's other details. The bulk of the the details can be verified. But if there's a few things that come through that aren't verifiable, I will still offer them because I really feel that it's important to honor everything that we're receiving. And so for instance, I'll use this example. A while ago, I was doing a reading for someone and her parents had come through, both of her her mom and her dad. And the Uh, dad was talking about how they were together in the spirit world and they they had built this he'd built like a beautiful home and he was describing this home in the spirit world and how how amazing it was and they were together and they were enjoying this space together this home and it was not an evidential state there's no way that I could ever prove that to my client I'm thinking to myself like should I say this but the thing is this is someone who's very open and I knew I could tell her that and she wouldn't think to herself oh this is bs like I know that she would she would trust that if I'm offering this it's because that's what's coming through and so anyway I I told her that she then contacted me I think we talked the next day or the day after And she said that after the reading, she went and was talking to her sister about the reading and what came through and what the mom and dad were saying and mentioned to her about the house, the building of the house. And she told my client that that was actually the dad's last word to the mom, that he was going to be building this beautiful home for them that he's gonna build a beautiful home for them in spirit. And so my client didn't know that, but the sister did. And obviously the mom and the dad knew that that was a very, very evidential piece of information. So it really showed me something. It really reminded me that I actually shouldn't be judging the information. As much as I want to focus on making sure that I'm giving the most evidence I possibly can, sometimes it's about getting out of your own way and just, yes, that's your, that's your intention, but really speaking those things out loud, allowing those things to come through. And so it's interesting. I think depending on the person, another type of client who is really looking to disprove it or looking to sort of be critical might take that message and think like oh okay yeah what else is she gonna tell me like there's this certain kind of energy that i feel is productive in a reading and then there's a different kind of energy that is so the opposite and so i really think it has to do with the spirit people those parents really really know what would be beneficial for them to bring through it's about my client who's super intuitive and open herself and very very much like um just open to the energy, open to the experience of it. And then also the fact that she was nudged or inspired to talk to her sister and tell her sister about it. So I think sometimes the blending of the evidential information along with the emotional connection, like creating an atmosphere in a space so that the sitter can actually feel the presence of their loved one there with them in the reading, or that they know, yes, this is them because of the way that the information comes through, the personality coming through. And it's not enough, in my opinion, to say, oh, they're super funny or they're this or they're that. You almost have to give examples. So I sort of liken it to but You have to bring in the context. Yes, okay, so they're funny, they're funny. Okay, how so, when, how did they express that quality in life? Because it's the examples of things that are going to be very specific. Those things are going to be, those things are going to be so, so valuable to the sitter. So I think that's important, the context. But you have to basically treat it like with the mediumship. It's like you're putting together almost like a case, like as if you're a lawyer and you're kind of like trying to defend your case. Like, okay, here is my evidence. Now the reading itself then becomes like the whole case. It's like all of the information put together. And so I had a client recently that was basically, I was saying something about how the person in spirit was mentioning that they didn't have much appetite towards the end of their life. And the person I was reading for said, oh, well, that's like every elderly person. And I thought, well, maybe, I mean, I don't know if that's actually true, but maybe that maybe it is, say it is true, that it is true for every elderly person ever. I'm not going to not say it because that's what I'm perceiving. I have to be true to what's coming through. I have to be true to what I'm perceiving. And it's not like the whole evidence is based on that comment, that one thing. It's in addition to and in combination with the 10 other things I had already said about that spirit person. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, of course, like we can't take that one piece of information and by itself, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean much, but... There is a purpose why it's coming through. And if you look at all of the other pieces of information altogether, yes, you can see that this is, this is like a building up of the essence of this person and what they experienced, something that they experienced prior to passing. The same thing with people. I hesitate to talk about grandmas and grandmas that knit because it's just such a stereotype. However... It's true. I mean, I can't I can't change the fact that, yes, lots of grandmas do. They did knit. They do knit. So I brought it up in a reading one time, and this guy basically was like, that's every woman from that generation. And it's the same kind of energy that I'm trying to explain that's not productive. So I'm not going to not say it. She showed it to me. So I'm just saying it is a part of the information about her and there's part of it's part of something greater so you have to kind of be able to look at the bigger picture so not get fixated on just those small pieces of information and the thing is as the medium if you're going to start to pick and choose what you say and what you don't say i feel then you're not really honoring the spirit person you're not honoring what they're trying to get through and you're not really honoring who they are. So it may not seem good enough to us in our, in our human way of thinking, and it may not sometimes see good enough, seem good enough for the sinner, but actually it's not about us. You know, it's about the spirit person. So I'm just, I'm just putting it out there for anyone who's developing their mediumship. Please don't fear or think that you have to judge the information that's coming through. Sometimes you just have to say it, even though it is a bit general. It is not the most specific or evidential thing. But if you honor what you're receiving and you speak it, you're gonna to continue to get more information. And the more correct information that comes through, the more your confidence builds up and the more energy you're receiving, it's like you're getting more and more into the flow. So it's it's about really like, Honoring what you receive at the end of the day. And it's not for us to pick and choose, you know, or not for us to judge what's worthy of saying. So I think that's important. Spirit will trust you if you will honor what they bring you and what you're perceiving. So I think that's important to men. We talk a lot about being in the power, and that just means basically being in the flow when you're in a connection mediumistically. So you're confident, you're feeling as though you are empowered, you're, you're speaking what comes, you're not questioning, there's not a lot of dead silence or awkward silence, like there's a continual flow of information and there's a sense that you are almost like in an altered state, you're like not really using your logical human thinking mind, you're using Something else you're accessing spirit and allowing spirit to really flow through you so you're blending your energy with spirit so you kind of become you kind of become one with spirit in in that case when you're out of the power when you fall out of the power you're just questioning doubting it'll feel kind of like guessing almost like you're so 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 in your head that It's there's such a difference. You can feel it. Not to panic if you can't come out of the power, you can bring yourself back in with focus. So, not to fret or not to panic, it happens. So, that's important to recognize. Psychic, different between like a psychic reading and a mediumship reading. Psychic is really focusing on someone's physical here and now, who a physical human person you're reading, it's like a life reading. You might look at their past, you might look at their present, what's happening, and potential for the future. It'd be more focused on things like their relationships, work, life purpose, career, spiritual path, any, any life stuff. When we're talking about mediumship, that is that communication and connection with the spirit world. So just to keep that in mind that's the difference. Also, when we look at terms and things like this, yes, so we talked about the sitter. Mm, There's also something I think people don't understand about a demonstration. So a mediumship demonstration is a public event. So anybody can come. This is a group of however many people, usually at least you're looking at 25 to 50 to 60 to hundred people or more. It's a bigger group event open to the public. So yeah, you might come with a friend or two, but it's all different people, different walks of life. Everyone doesn't know each other. And the medium basically goes to the front, stands up. And the way I do it is I usually describe the process, how mediumship works for me, what the intention is for that gathering, what they can do to have the best reading experience, that kind of thing. And then I just open myself up and I allow the very first spirit person that I am aware of, I allow them to come through and I describe who they are. I describe all of the information that they offer me and I'll go with that first connection and usually I'll say, does that make sense? To, does it make me feel like they recognize this person? And we go from there, you know, so that goes on and on and on for the evening so it's about an hour and a half sometimes two hours so it's not possible to read for every single person in a demonstration of mediumship a bigger group like that but the idea is that it's demonstrating to the public that this is something that can happen you can have communication with spirit and the people that are there not only get to experience a reading for themselves like maybe if you're one of the people that gets a reading But also you get to experience other people. So so how it's different for each person and the different information that comes through and the different types of evidence and messages and the emotion and the laughter and the joy. Like it's a really, really beautiful experience to share with other people. And what I love about it is in a room with like a, a group like that, there's so much energy. There's so much spirit. There's just, it's like kind of intoxicating. Like it feels so good and you kind of get supercharged. So that's what the demonstration means. That's what it means. Group readings, those are a little bit different. Like for myself anyway, you can come and have like host a group. So you can bring up to yourself and then up to nine people with you. So it could be your friends, family, could be a mixture of both. Same process, but usually I will I will read for, I would say most of the time read for everyone in the group, everyone once in a while. Maybe not everybody gets a reading or a link with Spirit, but it's definitely like beneficial for everybody there. And then you also have this option where I do smaller group readings that are also available to the public too. So like you don't have, you can come alone and be mixed together with other people who are alone or just with another friend. So all of those are possible, but that's, that's sort of how that process works. I've tried to think of the other things. Sometimes people talk about the clair senses, and I think I've spoken about the clairs before, but just for the overview, clairvoyance, this is the ability to see energy psychically. So you can have objective clairvoyance where you see things outside of yourself, like with your physical sight. So, for instance, when I see spirit with my physical eyes, they appear to me like a silhouette of light around people. And then when I need to see them more closely, like if I need to look at what they, their physical features or the clothing that they wore, things like that, they'll generally show me a photograph in my mind's eye, kind of like how you'd see in a dream or a memory So that's the clairvoyance in your mind's eye. That's subjective clairvoyance. And that's very common to see it in your mind, like a photograph. So that's all good. It doesn't matter. You don't have to see spirit outside of yourself. When I see angels, they usually, like with my physical eyes, they usually, and I'm, as I'm saying this, about to say it, I just look up at the ceiling and I see them. So it's just as easy as that. It's just like turning your focus, turning your attention to, what you what you want to connect to when I see angels they show me against the white usually up against the ceiling if I'm indoors it's yellow and gold threads of light and they all kind of intertwine kind of like I don't even know it's like a web sort of I used to see it all the time and I didn't even know what it was until I asked finally asked like my guides like what is that and then the answer was just so simple, like, it's angels, that's the angels, that's how they show themselves to you. And I I don't think it's the same for everyone, but I have heard there is at least one other person that I've talked to who has that same experience with it, so I thought that was interesting. These webs of light that I can kind of see, but they're golden and yellow. But then, if I want to look more carefully or more closely, I will see usually, like, in my mind's eye, a different sort of image. When I see angels with my physical eyes, my my objective clairvoyance, it's usually outside, outdoors, and I see different colored sparkles. Of lots of times that can be close to water or out somewhere in nature. That's really beautiful. That's when I tend to see them a lot. So that's the clairvoyance. The clair sentience is the ability to feel. So. That's when you feel the emotion coming through from spirit. And that's a big, big clear. I think it's super, super strong for me. So I'm really able to tune into that emotion. There's also the ability to feel things in your physical body. So for instance, if someone passed away from a heart attack, I can feel something in my heart just for a split second. And I know what that feels like. I know that feels like a heart attack. Or if somebody passed from say, what else? Dementia, like Alzheimer's dementia, I can feel something, it happens in my mind and I almost get like a bit confused or I feel kind of like out of it, like not quite in my body. If somebody passed from overdose, for instance, I can feel like I'm in, I'm sort of intoxicated or I could kind of feel very dizzy. And there's something that happens in the pit of my stomach. And that tells me, okay, that's how they passed away. So it doesn't hurt. In the beginning, when I first started receiving that kind of information physically, it was intense, but it wasn't scary or painful. It was just intense. Now, because it's happened so many times and I think I'm used to it, spirit doesn't have to, they don't have to be so dramatic with me at all. It's very subtle. Almost sometimes to the point where it's so subtle that you just have to be very, very sensitive to it, to actually just notice it. It's, it's a, like a small feeling, but it means it can mean a lot. Like there's a lot of meaning behind it. So there's that clairsentience. Claircognizance is the ability to receive the information, to just know things. Now, this is big for all the thinkers, like all the people who like have a very active minds. I have a very curious mind. So I think i feel a lot and I also get things through the claircognizance quite often I think a lot it comes through in thoughts inspirations ideas just knowing sometimes just knowing things and you don't really know how you know it you just do so that one can be tricky though because sometimes we do as humans really not trust that we're thinking like well this is just my own thought we doubt that sometimes the clairaudience is another one I hear a lot too so that's hearing from spirit again you can have that objectively or subjectively hearing outside of yourself voices music sounds that kind of thing internally same thing spirit will bring me their accent their intonation their voice does it sound like the way that it sounds so like for instance like recently there was a a lady in spirit who came through and i didn't say it to like like be insulting but the way that she sounded was like like it just sounded so like I don't even know how to say it but almost like a bit grumpy and anyways that was well received by the person that she was coming through for they agreed yes that had been the way that she spoke that was the way that her voice sounded so um they'll they'll offer me those things sometimes I'll hear things like in their environment so I'll hear like a saw in the background. And it turns out they were like a carpenter or something, or they worked with wood. Or I might hear sizzling, like something on the on the stove, like cooking, and they were they were a cook in life. Things like this. Music tends to be a really big one. I heard a song the other day in my mind as I was doing a reading, and it turns out that song that my client had listened to on the way over to have her reading like it was one that i had met her for in person and um she had just listened to it on the way over so that and and she was thinking like she wanted this friend to come through and so it was that's evidential in itself so that's pretty cool so be able to hear it claire olfaction is able to smell the information so you could smell smoke you can smell perfume you could smell what else Sometimes I smell lumber, and that to do with people that worked with wood, worked with lumber, anything. I mean, it's, it's, it's anything that would give you an impression of something that would be pertinent to that spirit. You can also have the ability for the Claire Gustins, which is ability to taste. So I've tasted coffee, I've tasted alcohol in readings, I've tasted black licorice, I've tasted candies, what else? There's lots of different things. I've tasted cod liver oil, <laughs> just like <laughs> anything that would be evidential. Yes, you'll be able to taste it. You won't be tasting it for no reason. So seeing and feeling and hearing and knowing and tasting and smelling. Those are the clairs. And there's all kinds of information out there. I would say the biggest thing is not to stress. Some people want to be very, very possessive over the fact that they are clairvoyant. And as if it's like, I don't know, you, only certain people can be clairvoyant. And I think that we're all able to use all of those senses, but there's of course gonna be some that are more comfortable, just easier for you to access because of who you are as a person. We're all different. We've all had different life experiences. You know, so if you're a deep feeler in your life, then yeah, you're going to be able to feel very easily when you start working mediumistically. Or if you're a visual learner and a very visual person, yeah, that's going to be super easy for you to use your clairvoyance. So the key is developing all of the clairs as much as you can so that you can be well-rounded in your ability to perceive and receive information. And of course, you can always do the same old, same old. But if you want to break through and you want to continue to grow and learn, I would say it's important to challenge yourself to use the clairs that are less comfortable for you. So that I think that's important to, to mention. But there's not one that's better than the other. I don't think there's any hierarchy when it comes to that. And I think through different phases of your development, you will be focused on more, more like one sense than the others, perhaps, depending on what's needed. It also depends on the spirit person because they have. we have to be able to communicate with them how it's like, easier for them to communicate. So you have to take all of those things into account. Bottom line, mediumship has been around since, I'm assuming since the beginning of time, humans or beginning of like humans, we have had a desire and a need to connect with the spirit world and a a sense of curiosity when it comes to what does life after death mean? What is that about? And so I think it's nothing new. Certainly the spiritualist movement when everything mediumship got very popular in the 19th century, certainly also this feeling that there's a great deal of controversy when you look back at the history of mediumship. There's a lot of the pioneers of mediumship, of modern mediumship, have had to go through quite a bit as far as like putting themselves out there, being accused of being frauds, all of this stuff. And so I really recommend if you are someone who is studying mediumship to research and to read the biographies of these pioneering mediums. I loved the book 50 Years of Medium by Estelle Roberts. It was absolutely fascinating. Also, anything you can read about Helen Duncan would be very, very interesting for sure. But I think it's important we understand this history of the people that have come before us what they've experienced and what they've gone through and basically we are their legacy we're continuing on and hopefully that we are doing it justice i think about that a lot that i think it was mavis patilla i've only met her the one time i think it was in a just a weekend workshop it's not it wasn't a long class or anything like that it was years ago but she brought up a good point where she talked about how you have to think about all of these readings that you're doing. At the end of the day, when you pass to spirit, you're gonna have a lineup of people that are either gonna be there to thank you for passing along their communication and their words and, and all of that and, and being true to them, or you're gonna have a lineup of spirit that's gonna be not so happy. Can you imagine if you're changing? Imagine this, imagine you pass to spirit you really have this opportunity. Your loved one here in the physical world has found a medium, they've made it happen, they've come at their appointment time, and they're all ready and set to have this communication. And imagine you're in spirit, you're trying to bring the information through to the medium, and the medium's not saying things that you offer, things that you're trying to express, they're judging. Oh, is that, mm, I don't know if that's evidential enough, huh? I don't know if I wanna say that. Can you imagine how frustrating that would be? And so I always think about that and I thought, yeah, you're right. Like we have to be making sure that we're doing it justice and also that we're always keeping in mind it's a fine line because it is a service. So obviously we want the sitter to be happy and satisfied and to, to get you know what they want or what they hopefully they get what they need not necessarily always what they want they're not always the same thing but we're of course want that but more than that I think it's important that we stand by and that we are true to the essence of the information essence of the spirit and what they are wanting to offer and bring through so we're a voice for spirit and we're a voice and an ambassador for the spirit world so we're representing spirit and so I mean that's not lost on me I've always thought that but I just thought when when Mavis brought that up I thought oh yeah I mean this here's a lady who's been immediate working in mediumship with mediumship for 50 years or maybe over 50 years so she knows what she's talking about. And it just really, yeah, it always struck me as that that comment that's so true. So I guess that's it in a nutshell. I mean, just to, to kind of break it down, you could literally study mediumship for your whole life and still not know everything, still not have mastered everything. I think it is a continual journey and your abilities and And your readings will evolve over time. And there are periods of time where it's golden. There are periods of time where you just feel like everything you say is correct. And you're just so excited and it feels amazing. There are also periods of time and lots of time people, especially professional mediums, don't talk about this. But I'll be the one to tell you. There are periods of time where it feels like very hard work. and like everything that you get is like almost feels like it's just, maybe it's correct, but it's not coming easily all the time. So I would just say I like to keep it real and also encourage anyone out there listening and who's feeling maybe a bit frustrated within their, their abilities or frustrated in their progress to chill, relax, give yourself a bit of grace because This is not a path that is for the faint of heart. I think it you have to be so tough. You have to be mentally tough. You have to be willing to continually pick yourself back up, dust yourself off, and keep going forward. Try again, try again, try again. And so it's a repeated like putting yourself out there, repeated making yourself vulnerable, repeated all of that. So being brave is a big part of it. Having said that, it is so rewarding. There is no, I read this somewhere. I was on a friend's Facebook post. He said, no, what was it? Oh, I can't remember. It's something about, like, basically, like, something, and there's no biscuit. Something about, (laughs) I have to look it up anyways. Oh, I guess if you don't risk it, there's no biscuit or something like that. I don't know. It was something similar to that. And I thought, yeah, you're so right. Like, it's so true. Like, if you want the benefits and the the amazing depths that you can go to within your work with spirit. You've got to be willing to put at the risk. You have to put yourself out there. And so is it worth it? Yes. Is it always easy? No, not at all. But it's a fabulous way to get to know your own soul. It's a fabulous way to engage with something greater than yourself. It's to engage with life engage and it sounds weird saying like engaging with basically death is engaging with life but it's they're one in the same as you're looking at the the spirit world these are living living beings they're not in our physical world but they're living and they've got they've got a message to bring and a lot of the time this message has to do with making the most out of this life that it's not meant to be perfect it's not meant to be trouble-free and worry-free it's meant to have depth it's meant to have a whole variety of experiences for us and so there's no use in dwelling on the sorrow or the negativity or the fear experience it but then where are you going to put your focus where are you going to put your energy? what are you going to do with this opportunity to be here in the physical world? So spirit wants us to enjoy this life as much as we possibly can. They want us to live to our fullest potential and they don't want us to forget that we're always connected to them. There is no barrier, there is no distance that's too great. So I hope that is helpful. I hope that brings you something that you needed to hear. And I just wanted to let you, I do have an event at the end of May, May 29th in White Rock. So if you're local to me, it's going to be a full day workshop. I've got Cassandra Turmel, who is a professional artist and a very, very skilled intuitive as well. She's coming and she's going to offer us a workshop on using creativity to work with spirit. I'm working with spirit to kind of invoke and inspire creativity, so that's going to be fantastic. I've also got Jackie Lepereau, and she is an energy healer, a reflexologist. All oh, she she has many talents. She's coming, and she's going to offer a group energy healing circle, and then also a workshop on you know energy management, which I think we can all use. And I'll be there. I'll be I'll be there offering some part of the workshop where we're going to connect with spirit and just some some experiences for you to really feel spirit with you and feel your own loved ones with you and and how to work with your loved ones in spirit Luzia crystals is adriana is going to be there to have a little pop-up shop so you can shop for some crystals We've got prizes for like draws being done. There's a crystal one. There's a gift certificate from Jackie and one from Cassandra. And there's just going to be a great energy, a great vibe. So it's open. You just need to come with an open heart. You don't need to have any experience. And you certainly don't need to be someone that wants to do this professionally. Although, if you do want to, that's great. You're totally welcome and you're going to enjoy it. We're going to gather in person and just bask in that beautiful, beautiful energy of gathering together. So it's gonna be a really fun day and I hope you'll join us. I'll put the link in the show notes or if you want to inquire, you can go onto my website, MelissaWhiteMedium.com. It is up, The the new website is out there. So please feel free to check it out. There's a gift, there's a tab that's called gifts And the podcast is listed there, but also there's three meditations that I've recorded for you and you can feel free to use those whenever you like. And there's also my um, recommendations for books that I love as far as like spirit and mediumship and energy and all that. So if you're interested, do please check it out. And if you want to look at that workshop, it's called Healing with Spirit and it's on the events uh, tab. So you can look at all of the upcoming events so I will leave you with that I hope that you feel connected to your own soul I hope that you feel the love and the support from your guides and your angels around you and I just pray that wherever you are that you you feel how loved you actually are and that you're never alone so take good care and I'll talk to you soon Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium, or on Facebook, psychic medium, Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.